Let's go in-depth on all things Cyclones. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. I'm Travis Hines. He's Randy Peterson coming to you as we do every Monday evening. This one happens to be following the third Iowa State victory of the season. The Cyclones toppling TCU on Saturday night in the Jack Trice legacy game at Jack Trice Stadium. Randy, we've we talked a lot about it Saturday night after the game. We wrote a lot about it, but I think it is worth looking back for a couple minutes before we look ahead till to Saturday and Cincinnati. But an impressive performance from Iowa State taking advantage of T- like to me the story of the game was TCU's mistakes. Force or unforced, and Iowa State's ability to capitalize. Iowa State's ability to capitalize off of them. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you that those you know picking off four passes that was that was huge. Um, I looked up the record and the record I couldn't tell. I I I did look at the record. Nineteen forty four, Iowa State intercepted ten passes against Gustavus Adolphus, um, but poor Gustavus. <laughs> Maybe run the football. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, look at you shake your head. Um, but uh, more recently, like in 2008 or whatever it was, Iowa State had five against Northern Iowa. So maybe maybe it wasn't that. 2008, somewhere in that area. It was five, though. But anyway, yeah, yeah. And I, I like the job that the secondary has, has done so far. And they, yeah, they capitalized on those on on those, on those those turnovers. Um so yeah, why, my takeaway was that con- Campbell continuing to be to be um, um, not as hard headed as as what um, people may think. He's he's altered his game plan against Oklahoma State. Then as as TCU against Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, and then as TCU. Um, shaded its defense towards defending the pass. Iowa State went to to, to the more tra- its more traditional rushing game, which it's it's a nice one-two combination that Iowa State at least has available now, at least for a while. Because do I think the offensive line is improving? Yes, I do. Was it because? Brendan Black, the true freshman, entered at right guard. I think that's got a lot to do with it. Um, but I think that the, the, this offensive line, and, and granted, it's not a large sample size, but at least what it did against the TCU team that, that played the national championship game last year, I think that's something to build off of, and we'll see going forward. Um, but uh, um, so that that was that was mine. Um, it was was the line in the running game and and you know Sama was was spectacular with the 99 yard or with a 59 yard touchdown run um with an offensive I write about this in two, uh, for right now it should be online shortly but the um the 11 players on the field during Sama's 55 yard touchdown run through the middle there was just one senior and that would be Jared Hufford so that was 
that if anything exemplified the few a future of this program it, it was it was on that one play right there but uh um so yeah i i think that if iowa state can carry this can carry this forward we you know we may see we could see good things and i don't i'm not saying that this good things could turn into um the ultimate which the ultimate for this team would be reaching the postseason but it's certainly encouraging what, what we saw saturday night yeah i mean i think bowl game talk is back on the table when you look at the improvement <clears throat> that the offensive may has made that the it seems to be pass first or at least pass conscious would probably be the way i would describe yeah. it the running game seems to have gotten going the last two games, certainly on Saturday against TCU. It was the most effective in a win that it's been all year. Obviously, it was effective against Oklahoma, but they only scored 20 points in the first half, none in the second, and got beat by 30 points. So, you know, what is that worth? Well, it's worth progress that you saw on Saturday that helped them win the game against TCU. I think it was also encouraging, if you're Iowa State, that the defense looked – by its standards, pretty bad early on against um, TCU, excuse me, um, and they figured that out throughout the game. The tackling got shored up, which normally you don't – if tackling's bad, it usually sustains through a game, certainly, and usually a couple weeks. Iowa State was able to figure that out, clean it up against TCU. So I think there's – the fears that that defense was moving in the wrong direction I think are still there, but I think they're quieted a little bit. Um, so again, I, you put all that together and then you look at the schedule starting Saturday at Cincinnati and this is a critical stretch, but a workable stretch for Iowa state to try to mark off to six wins, which after that Ohio loss, you know, the math was starting to get pretty difficult, but Iowa state has won the two games that felt pretty critical that the Oklahoma state game was paramount. Now you get this one on Saturday and you can say, okay, Cincinnati's not very good. Baylor's not very good. It's road games, so you certainly aren't going to go in feeling gung-ho about Iowa State's chances, but those are two winnable games. Then you're at five. There's a the bye week there in the middle. You're at five going into November, and you got to pick off one. And Iowa State will probably not be favored in any of those final games. But, you know, you go into November needing one win, you know, at least you're getting a November that matters for fans for the coaching staff and probably most importantly, those young players. I think that is very, very valuable. Yeah. With the November, including Kansas, BYU at BYU, Texas and Kansas state, just, yeah. I, for Iowa state, let's just say it like this for Iowa state to be, to be, to be bowl eligible. They've got to, I, I would say they'd have to have it accomplished before the last two games of the year, before Texas comes comes to town. I think Texas is pretty good, despite what happened last Saturday against Oklahoma, because I'm really expressive with Oklahoma. And and before before going to K-State for the final game of the year, um, that's not an, ever an easy place to win there anyway. Um, and plus with K-State being good, being, you know, decent, maybe not as good as last year, but but still pretty good. So I think Iowa State better have all that accomplished. They better have three of the, they better win three of the next four if Iowa State wants to wants to to be in this bowl consideration. You don't want to go down to the last two. Um so I guess I guess we'll just see how that how that plays out. But uh um I I'm guessing that uh you know Iowa State's going back to to the state of Ohio 
Iowa, I, I know this. Iowa State's going back to the state of Ohio on 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 Saturday, and I'm, you know, Campbell's from there. What you can re, you can regurgitate your story that you wrote two weeks ago, Travis, about um, um, when Iowa State went to went to Ohio, all the all the Ohio connections because they're those connections, are, those same connections are still there. Um, so I and and like you said, this is not a great um, Cincinnati team. I don't, I'm not certain how good all the newcomers are in the Big 12 anyway, because they've only got I – I wrote this down somewhere. I don't know. I've got so many papers here. They've only won one Big 12 conference game among the newcomers, and that one game was was BYU – I think it was BYU beating um, beating Cincinnati. So I don't know how good this the, these new guys are, but um, it's, it's – um, so I think I think it's out there for Iowa State, uh, um, especially if they play like they did like they did last Saturday, um, in a in a very a very electric um, atmosphere because it was it was cool. I mean I mean I don't usually get all excited about things like that, but uh, um, it was pretty cool to be in the stadium and, and part of that. <laughs> You're listening to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Talking football now, but when a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk some basketball with both the Iowa State men and women hosting Media Day this week. We'll have plenty to discuss there. But to continue this football discussion, Randy, when you look at the way that the schedule plays out, the six wins, I think, are certainly a possibility. But man, like the the path to walk is pretty narrow. And even with Cincinnati and Baylor looking incredibly vulnerable, winning back-to-back road games, even with a bye in the middle, for a team that looked terrible in its two road games for the most part, right? Or looked terrible against Ohio and got blown out against Oklahoma, which obviously Oklahoma is now in the national title uh, conversation after beating Texas on Saturday. But it's a tough road for them to walk in a narrow path. Like you have to be, I don't know about perfect, but damn near it. And I think ultimately that'll be the problem for Iowa State is the consistency needed is going to be hard to find, I think, with a young team, even an improving team. Uh, But again, I I would still err towards that the postseason is less likely than likely for this Iowa State team. But to my previous point, and again, I think if you're looking for this season as you know the end-all, be-all, and there is no past, there is no future, then you're not going to be happy about this. But if you look ahead and you see all that young talent, the value of playing games that matter under pressure with real stakes in November is huge. So to get even one of the next two, which is no easy task on the road, doable but not easy, to get one of the two – I think is p- super important only to make November have some stakes. Number one for that locker room and number two for a fan base that got pretty frustrated just a couple weeks ago to keep things moving in a positive direction holistically for the program. You know, if they don't, they don't win one of these next two games and then they win one game in November, which again will not be easy. They will be an underdog in all of those games. Now you're looking at a three or four win season. That, that's not going to be fun for everybody, anybody. So again, I think these next two games, I'm not going to say are going to make or break the end of the season, 
but I think they are going to plot the course ahead for Iowa State as a program into the offseason. I think that is the like I think that is the real possibility. That's what I think is going to happen. Whatever happens, the next two games are going to have an outsized influence on how people feel about this season and potentially the program moving into the offseason. Yeah, and both those games, like you said, are road games. And the last time Iowa State won a road game in the Big 12 was at Kansas, if I'm I think I'm right, was at Kansas, um, at Kansas State in 2021. Um sure as hell it wasn't last year. No kidding. Yeah, but yeah, no kidding. But uh um yeah, and, and it was especially be I, it would especially be good. To, to go down and, and uh, you know, I'm not saying Iowa State's going to win. I'm not saying a, a win is for sure at Cincinnati, but but uh, I would be, I would lean, if if gun to my head, I would lean towards, yeah, Iowa State's going to win. But then, but then at Baylor, that, yeah, okay, Baylor's not, Baylor's not great. There's some Baylor howl- might be pretty bad. There's some, yeah, and there's some howling there for, for Dave Aranda's job. Um didn't they win the Big Twelve like two years ago? Yeah, but the, but yeah, exactly. And it's and it's Baylor for gosh sakes. But but there but there is. I've just been reading some stuff not on the internet, but I mean some stuff um, in in newspapers and in respected publications down there. That, that yeah, there's there's some chatter, which is which is unfortunate. I think Aranda's. I think that maybe just be going through one of those things that Iowa State's been going through, and plus they had it. Quarterback, quarterback injuries, but nonetheless, to win, well, to, to win at at to beat Cincinnati and and win at Baylor, that would be that would be monstrously huge for this program. Yeah, I and mean, yes, I think for here we Baylor, are talking about winning on the road, and and Iowa State's is what are they three and they're just three and three, and they just got done playing their best game. So I think everybody's kind of still on a a little bit Iowa State high, but they. You know as well as I do, Travis, they can come back to earth, come back to reality really quick. Yeah, I mean, like rarely is the progress linear, right? And I don't I think expecting the progress to be linear, you're setting yourself up for disappointment as an Iowa State fan. But here's what I would say is they looked whatever against you and I, didn't look great against Iowa, looked terrible against Ohio. But I would argue every subsequent game, the three games, they've looked better than the week prior. Oklahoma State, undoubtedly a step forward. Oklahoma, they got their butts beat, but there was positive positive sentiment coming from that game because the offense seemed to, I don't know if it figured it out, but at least it wasn't 60 minutes of terribleness, which was definitely on the table, You know, given that Ohio was two weeks earlier. Then we get Saturday against TCU. Again, not a perfect performance, but it was progress. And I think after that Ohio game, and if you look at, you know, take a sober look at where this football team is and potentially where the football program is with its youth, progress is probably the measuring stick that matters here the most. And I think that they continue to take steps forward. Now, will that continue uninterrupted against Cincinnati, against Baylor? The answer is probably not, right? Like maybe, but probably not. It's really hard to keep doing that week in and week out. But my bigger point is, is that progress is key and they're putting themselves in a position to where, again, it doesn't necessarily matter if they go to a bowl game or not. Obviously, a bowl game would be better than not a bowl game, but putting themselves to be playing for a bowl game 
to me is the most critical thing that they can do these next two weeks. If they only get one game, I think they're still in it, at least mentally, that you can talk a locker room hungry for a bowl game into it. You go 0-2 and, and you go into games against solid Kansas, decent at BYU, very good Texas at home, solid Kansas State on the road. Uh, that's a tough order, especially if you don't win one of those first two games. I mean, you're you're playing out the string at that point. And I think playing out the string – well, if you're Matt Campbell, you can spin it in that locker room of, hey, every game matters. The process is what counts. You know, everybody there can do math. You know, they can do three plus two equals five and not six. So I think that, again, is huge. And, you know, Iowa State fans can do math. If you're not better than the four wins last year, that's not going to feel like progress, even if there are a lot of mitigating factors from the gambling to the youth to the the league realignment. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, you're judged by the scoreboard and you're judged by the the standings. And plus, this team, from what I can gather, is is healthy. I, and plus, beyond that, they get Rimsburg. Rimsburg is eligible. So for that's another experienced offensive lineman. I don't, you know. Yeah, I mean that that's a great question. Like, how did much Rimsburg immediately slot into as a starting Boom. tackle this weekend? <laughs> Boom. It'll be interesting to ask Campbell, but it, it would not totally shock me if he starts. It would surprise me. It would, it would shock not totally me, but, shock me, but it yeah. would not. I would be surprised if he doesn't play. I, mean, I would like, be surprised if he doesn't play either. And that's maybe something we talk to Campbell about about tomorrow, or maybe even wait until because you and I'll be the only ones down there on Saturday. I'm presuming, and and you know, just wait till Saturday until he plays. But uh, you know, you're, you're giving away your media strategy there, Randy. Well, okay, sorry, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Rimsburg's going to help. Rimsburg is going to help that offensive line. Yeah, without a doubt. Big game for Iowa State in a big two games in three weeks stretch for the three and three, two and one Iowa State Cyclones. When we come back, we're going to talk about what's going on at the Sukup Basketball Complex on the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. If you missed our first segment, you missed a spirited discussion on Iowa State's victory over TCU over the weekend and the importance of the upcoming schedule, both for this Iowa State football team and the Iowa State football program heading into the offseason. We're already talking about the offseason in October, Andy. That's how we look look ahead. If you missed any of that, check us out wherever you get your podcast. Going to uh, switch our gaze here now to the uh, winter sports season with both the Iowa State men and women hosting their annual media days this week. The men go Wednesday. The women are on Thursday. We're going to start by talking about TJ Otzelberger's men's program. A season of change here, at least the roster turnover is – been consistent now in year three under Otzelberger, but this will be the first time Iowa State is getting very, very young uh, with that recruiting class coming in and fewer transfers. Still some experience on this team, but it will have a youthful flavor that has been uh, not present in Otzelberger's first two seasons, both of which ended at the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I, I'm, you know, we've, we've, We've heard a lot about about how wonderful the recruiting class is, and yes, like you said, there, there are 
he's getting the kind of roster that he wants the the more traditional type roster. Um, well, I'm, I've, I've, I'm curious about a lot of things. Uh, um, I guess pre- primarily is 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 how um, um, you know we heard that Taman was going to be shooting the, shooting the heck out of the ball this summer, um, working on his shot because the poor kid, the opponents just ended up leaving him wide open last year because they knew he wasn't going to shoot. Um, and he's, I remember talking to, talking to TJ in the lobby of the hotel after the NCAA tournament game. And, and he said, that's the first thing they're going to do when they get back is, is make sure that, that Taman's in the gym every day working on his shot. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what kind of progress he's making there and when we when we talked to players this summer you know we heard he was he was shooting he was shooting at well but there's a big difference between shooting it in the Sioux Cup and shooting it at Hilton when you've got players from Kansas or Houston in your face also um but that that's going to be huge and they I'm also interested in Keisha Gilbert the UN UNLV transfer I guess he's I guess he'll play the uh the two guard um, you know, the, the UNLV transfer, you know, see how he is. We've heard that he was, um, he's been good. And, and the little bit that I saw on, on streaming um, in the, in, where was it? In, in the, in, in the Bahamas, he looked, he looked pretty good against obviously not playing anybody, but uh, um, he's, he's a veteran. And I think he's probably got background with TJ because when TJ was down there, so I know TJ didn't coach him, but possibly he recruited him. So yeah, and we, we mentioned Baloo or, or Milas, whatever his name is, Milan, um, um, and those guys, which is the best freshman cast, class that Iowa State's brought in in a while. So um, yeah, I, I mean, this is that transition, the overlapping part of the year that that uh, um, it's tough for us, obviously, but nobody cares about that, which is fine. We're used to it. Um, we'll just see, we'll just see how it goes, but, but now we'll be, you know, having quite a bit of basketball, um, throughout the week and you're going next week, even to, um, big 12 media days Is that next week in Kansas city or two weeks next week, next week. Yep. Next yeah, week. Yeah. Uh, During the Iowa State football's off week. So yeah, we're in it, dude. <clears throat> yep. It is unofficially the start of basketball season. And I think the, the general sentiment that I've gotten is that there's more optimism than maybe I would have anticipated about this team and about how good they could be. Not because You're such I don't a think naysayer anyway. Well, not because they're not talented. I think they will be talented, but they're going to be young. And usually <laughs> yeah, I know. youth does not translate to victories in the big 12. And now the big 12 just got harder. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it comes together. You know, the guy that I had heard a lot of good things about this summer that you didn't mention is Hassan Ward. This guy that had a pretty inconsistent uh, first year at Iowa State last year, but it sounded like there was some injury and maybe some illness last year where he was playing from behind from the get-go, whereas this summer, you know, I had heard a number of times that he was the guy that was standing out. Um, you mentioned Gilbert. I think Curtis Jones will be interesting. You know, does Demarion Watson take a step forward? I think he'll yeah. be a guy that a lot of people will be looking for as a potential breakout candidate because you could you saw last year a lot of the tools were there. But again, when you're a freshman and on a team trying to get to the NCAA tournament, you know, the consistency is the part that is often lacking. And I think that was what uh, Watson ran up against last year. Um, you know, I think Milan is another guy that I've heard, like they thought he was really good. Like when he committed a year ago, was. yeah, when he committed a, 
people like that staff was very excited. And I think he's even better than they anticipated. Um, Let's not forget Trey King. Trey King, JT Rock. Is he going to play? Is he going to redshirt? Yeah. Lots to, lots to break down on Wednesday with TJ Otzelberger, his coaching staff and the players at media day Thursday will be Bill Fennelly's group. That is a group that also has had a lot of turnover a lot of change on the roster. I think, what did I see? They were picked in the middle of the pack in the big 12 preseason poll last week. Not a ton of expectations uh, for that group after the success they had uh, last year. But uh, I think, you know, when Bill Fennelly has a basketball team, the expectations still remain pretty high. Yeah. With Emily Ryan coming back, she was on the preseason, all big 12 team. Um, um, what's her name? Dimar. Dime, I can never say that name. Dimar knew. So, um, she's back, and she, you know, she'll be a presence in the post. And and let's not forget uh, um, the recruiting class. They have wonderful recruiting class, also. So, um, yeah, I think I think there's reason that that Iowa State fans can. Um, okay, so this isn't going to be an Iowa State basketball team probably right now that may that that may look like a team that's going to de- that could defend its um or that could that could you know defend what it's de- what it's be as good as it's been in the past in the big 12 but it's it's a team in transition and i wouldn't be surprised if by mid-season by february or so the finale and and his staff have, have these have these kids playing playing at a at a at a high level so um, you know, I guess I guess we'll just have to to see on that one. But I'm excited for to watch. I, I want to see Emily Ryan. I mean, she, I mean, she while players were leaving around her, she stayed. You know, and I, I think that's 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 worth something. Um, and she and I know that she was that she was hurt during the off season, but uh, um, yeah, I mean that she's certainly somebody you can mold mold a team around. Yep, lots to talk about over at the Tsuka Basketball Complex on Wednesday. We will be there. Our colleague Tommy Birch will be there for Thursday's media day. And we will have all the coverage you could possibly desire from basketball and then Cincinnati this weekend on DesMoinesRegister.com. But that's all we've got for this show. Be sure to check out our live stream on Thursday at 1, and that'll show up also in your podcast feeds whenever you're ready to watch or listen. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. This has been the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.